Welcome to a special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A Zero. S I D K I D A Zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch up on other five live shows throughout the week. So, I happen to miss them, especially during this time of year where the holidays are upon us. It's right here in front of our faces. You could go listen and watch them over and over again, catch up on our past shows as well. So, download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can always follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch our podcast? You can do so by subscribing to War or Anger. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. So type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anger. Once again, that's War on Anger on all podcast platforms. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, once again, at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jackie Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions due our, to our extravagance, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or on Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid or be just flat out a jerk, I give Lakina full power to give you fools to be on that beer boot. Ho, ho, ho. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love what she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago, now available on Roku TV. That's right. Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku TV, just tap on the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. But if you don't have a Roku TV, you have a bunch of handheld devices uh, laying around. iPad, iPhone, iTouch, your personal PC, your Chromebook, like I'm using right now. Just download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. A special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports. We got a busy show ahead, sending a lot to talk about, you know, because we went off for like the last like five days. So let's start off, of course, we'll talk some Bulls and NBA, of course. After our exhilarating buzzer beater um, last late last week, the Bulls fall back into bad habits. You know, I guess the next, the, Bull, the Bulls, you know, fall back into some bad habits on Monday. Be, you know, being, you know, beating, you know, being beaten, I should say, by the, by the Rockets. Um, you know, slow start, you know, a slow, slow second quarter. They were shorthanded because a lot of some of their guys were out. Um, Javante, you know, Green, you know, Derek Jones Jr., among others. Alice Caruso was in concussion protocols. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, of course, you know, of course, falling back to the bad habits and, and such. You know, the Rockets probably had their, you know, their top three guys had their best games of the season. Mm -hmm. So now folks are back to being, you know, knuckleheads again when it comes to, as far as the Bulls are concerned. So, so what do you think about uh, – that game against uh well if you want to if you want to go if you want to start with uh the game last week over the weekend against the Knicks and then you know go over into Monday's game against the, the Rockets. 
Well, let's start with last Friday night's uh, game against the Knicks. They were looking to get that win because Jalen um, Jalen Brunson decided to miss two free throws. Thank you, DeMar DeRozan, for talking trash to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, with that Rockets game, game on Monday, like everybody else, I was disappointed. I know they, the Bulls didn't practice on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and it showed throughout their first quarter. And the Rockets scored the first 18 of the first 24 points of the game. And like you said, the Bulls did get it together in that second quarter, but that was their only – uh, quarter that they played well in in that loss on money. The Houston Rockets just came in here, no fear. No one expected them to be good this year. They have some young talent, but they cannot play together as a team because they're not co- complete as a, a full team as far as competing for a playoff spot. But Jalen Green uh, did his thing with 24 points, including 6 for 10 shooting from three-point ring. Uh, Kevin Kevin Martin Jr., I still remember his dad, Lakina, tells you how old we're getting, but uh, he, he has some monster uh, dunks as well. Also, Kevin Porter Jr., one of the best young scorers in the game. He had 30, he had 36, including 6 to 12 from three-point range. Houston uh, went up in that lane and, and got every layup that they could, especially Sengun, their their center. He had uh, over 20 points as well. So the Houston Rockets were scoring and well. The Bulls were lost defensively. Uh, how many times have we talked about this, Lakina? I think we mentioned this on the last couple of shows, but Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan uh, both complained to the referees about not getting calls. I know DeMar DeRozan is more aggressive getting to the basket than Zach Levine is, but Zach Levine picked up a technical foul on Monday. And I, for the situation at the time, it was worth it. But he does this all the time, complaining to the referees, referees. If you don't get the call, just get your butt back d- down on defense. How many times have we seen this over the last couple of years, Lakina, when they don't get the call, they, they think they can stop the game and get the referees' attention. Meanwhile, your teammates are back down on the other end trying to cover your butt to play defense, and they give up easy baskets. I'm sick of seeing that. Well, yeah, you know, to your point, yeah, I think you know, you get sick of you know, them, you know, good play to the rest. We know people get on LeBron when he does that because he does that a lot as well. So, <laughs> but also at the same time, though, I mean, you know, these are all star veterans. You know, you would think they would get the calls now. You know, we're mm-hmm. still you know, having this conversation after you know after like a year, but you know, it, it's just crazy that that's that that's still being an issue. So that that's just you know, you know, a little bit nutty. I think that played a little bit of a part, and there were some calls that kind of. You know that it might have t- changed the tone of the game a little bit. You know, had you know not you know certain parameters, but a little bit different. Maybe the Bulls could have came back and won that game against the Rockets. But it is what it is. There, I mean, the Rockets had all five of their starters in double figures, you know, and, and such. I mean, you know, Porter Jr. thirty six points. You know, definitely a season high for him. And you know, some of the you know, the other guys look. They got a nice you know young squad. I know you know some folks. You know, they look at their, their record and they say, oh well, how could the Bulls lost them? But yeah, they got some good young talent on there. So. Uh, it's just a little bit crazy. And they play the Bucks tonight, and you know, look, they did beat the Bucks in Milwaukee, and it looks like you, you know Caruso's bat will be back. I know, I don't know about the uh, Devonte Green and uh, you know, and uh, Derrick Jones Jr. You know, I don't know their status, but it looks like you know, Caruso you know, should be back tonight. That that definitely helps, especially defensively. And then Milwaukee's favored by four and a half, so I know that they're going to want their revenge. Milwaukee's been a little bit of on a roll lately, so we'll see what happens. And I know Chris Milton's out. I saw that uh, news late last night. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, the Bulls, the key for me in this game will be, you know, do what you did, you know, the last time you guys played Milwaukee. You know, jump on them early, you know, try to set the tone and make sure, you know, Giannis, Giannis will get his shots, but since, especially since Milton's not going to be there. Just, you know, try to kind of, you know, make your know, guys like, you know, force it. You know, Drew Holiday, I know he still, you know, can make some big shots at times. But 
be aggressive early at the point, especially you know, be the interior defense. And look, you you know, look, there are reasons. There's a reason why you were able to pull off the upset, you know, upset, I guess, about a little a few weeks back against them at and and their home floor. So let's see if the Bulls can get together tonight. You're listening to Second City Sports, a special Wednesday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in living color. Sid Lakina here with you discussing the Chicago Bulls. We'll discuss the rest of the NBA coming up following uh, this timeout. Lakina, you brought up the interior defense, and that's another thing I want to focus on. The Houston Rockets, as I mentioned, scored at will, especially in the paint. The Bulls gave up 58 points in the paint. This is not a new problem that's just crept up on this team for the last couple of weeks. It's been a problem so far this season. It was a problem last year. And so that's one of the things I'm looking forward to uh, paying attention to in tonight's uh, game against Milwaukee. And also, too, uh, Nikolai Vucevic. We talked about this, Lakina, uh, during the last few weeks of the show. We saw it early in the season, but the Bulls have backed away from it. And I think Vuce only had two or three touches and they lost on Monday in the post against the Rockets. Feed Nikolai Vucevic in the post when he has the matchup advantage. Mm-hmm. We saw them do that at the start of the season. But it seems like for the last few weeks, the Bulls have gone to it sporadically. And they're not doing that on a consistent basis. And If you paid attention in that game on Monday, Vucevic was upset that he didn't get the a ball. In the, uh, no one fed him the ball in the post a couple more times when he had the, had the advantage. And that's uh, disheartening for this Bulls team. Because that offense flows better when Vooch is involved. When it doesn't uh, uh, involve Vucevic, we see what DeMar DeRosa does. The whole team stands around. We complained about that. Zach Levine takes ill-advised shots at times. You just hope and pray that it goes in half the time. And, and most of the time, it misses. So uh, get Nikolai Vucevic involved uh, uh, in the game. Uh, there's no better way to start tonight than against Milwaukee, especially like you say with Milton out. We know what Giannis Andrews Kumbo is going to do for the Bucks. Let, let's see what how can you counteract that for Chicago? Get Vucevic in, involved early, and I, I think the Bulls will be okay. But uh, the interior defense and get Vucevic more involved offensively, th- those are the two keys I'm looking forward to uh, for the Bulls tonight. Especially on the inside. We know that Vuce can, you know, can be aggressive on the inside. And mm-hmm. so I think that's probably the thing that, you know, especially if you saw through that during that three-game winning streak, Vuce was more involved on the inside, especially around that interior. So yes. try to get him more involved there. And then, you know, look, if he feels calm to take the three, you know, okay, fine. You know, then, you know, DeRozan and Zach can get their shots in. Io can get his shots in. I know P. Wilson playing a little bit better lately those last, especially those last three games with the exception of, you know, that Rockets game. You know, just try to kind of get more involved. And I think it look, it's right there. I think the I think the Bulls have it in them to make a run. You just got to get the consistency back going. And I think that's really going to be the thing. And yeah, and you know, our buddy Lamar, Lamont Scott. Hey, what's up, Lamont? Hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, he's been more aggressive in the paint to help, you know, help himself and others too. So yeah, and, and look, Lamont's right about that. I mean, you have to, you know, he has to be more aggressive in the in the interior and to kind of you know get that, you know, get that balance. You'll know, do like you know, like Jokic does. You know, we see how mm-hmm. what he does and and such you know get you know get involved and be aggressive in the interior and you know most guys you know can't be able won't be able to handle it so i think that's probably what Vooch needs to do to try to you know get more consistency there yeah and one more point i want to bring up before we break for the bottom of the hour zach levine i know he had had 21 22 points on monday and he did get did look good in a couple of sequences after the he received that technical foul early in that late in that first quarter, uh-huh. do you think that hit that his game is back? Do you think that his step is back? Because I saw it a couple of times on Monday, and when the game was still competitive in that first half, and for me personally, I, I like to see Zach 
being more active defensively. I'm not saying he's going to be defensive player of the year. That's that's far-fetched, but I want to see him be more active defensively. I know he's a scorer. I know that he can jump out of the gym, which is great, but I want to see him put a little bit more effort defensively. Yeah, and I think that's probably we're we're starting to see a little bit more. We saw a little bit of that in that Rockets game, like I said before, it got out of hand. And look, you see them more and more. I mean, look, I mean, the defense has never been the exact same. We saw him when he was at UCLA. He was never, you know, a defensive yeah. guy, but he is getting better with the defense. Like, I think I just need to see more of that to kind of you'll know, be right there and sort of see that you know, look, okay, yeah, maybe you'll know, get a block or two. Maybe try to maybe block, block especially tonight. You know, maybe he could get, you know, try to block Drew Holiday. Maybe you'll get some steals and stuff. We we we've, we've seen that already this year. We just need to see it more. Yeah, so the Bulls will take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at 7 o'clock Chicago time. And you can see that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago. For those of you in Wisconsin, Valley Sports Wisconsin, Valley Sports North, and for everybody else, NBA League Pass. Lakina, uh, the break is, uh, is coming up upon us, but we must take it. On the flip side, we'll talk more about the association at large if you have um, uh, Bulls comments for for those of you watching and listening, you can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on, on YouTube. We'll talk about more about the NBA. Uh, there was some uh, history that was made last night, and we'll review some of the key Christmas Day games, uh, day games as well. And did we see the dunk of the year? Perhaps the best Christmas Day dunk of all time. We'll discuss that in a whole lot more as you come back with us. You're listening to Second City Sports, a special Wednesday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We'll be right back. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports Special Wednesday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. And you follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and again on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left of this to start again, so we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. So if you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can always do so at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone, Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a friendly reminder, you can also now catch Sports Zone Chicago live and on demand on Roku TV. Lakina, let's continue the basketball dis- discussion by getting to the rest of the NBA at large. As we always do, we'll start backwards with last night's action Tuesday. You know, there was history that was made last night. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, a potential MVP candidate, he posted a triple-double against the New York Knicks, scoring 60 points, grabbing 21 rebounds, and dishing out 10 assists as a part of a 126-121 to overtime home victory over the New York Knicks. Yeah, I think, you know, they were, I think the Knicks were up, I think, like eight, and there was like less than 45 seconds left, and I guess, you know, you know Luka went to this nice little run, and that helped you know, go propel them. You know, he's the fourth player with multiple 50.5 rebound, five plus assist games at 23 or younger. He joins LeBron, Rick Barry, and uh, Jason Tatum. Well, we'll get to him in a second. But mm-hmm. the, the important part about this is that if you saw the little memes afterwards, it was, it was pretty funny that, uh, that, that, you know, with him, especially once they tied the game, they forced overtime. If you saw Coach Tibbs, how he looked, you know, not not you know, we we you know, Bulls fans have seen that look before, so that's a little bit uh yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we've seen that look before. You know, Luca, you know, just the third player in NBA history with 50 points, 20 plus rebounds, and 10 assists in the game, joining Will Chamberlain, who did it did it twice. We talked about that. Also, he's also the seventh player all time with a 50 point, you know, triple double at 23 and, and uh 302 uh days old. He's the youngest player to achieve this goal, of course. You know, Will did it. Will we'll did it, you know, it was the only other person that did it. Did it and uh, but but I think I want to uh, warn Mavs fans that when he he did an interview with uh Valley Sports Southwest after the game, he said that he was tired, so that's something to look mm-hmm. out for, especially as you know, get further and further into the season. So, you know, don't be surprised if you start seeing Luca, you know, gets you know, take some games off, especially gets closer, closer to the end. Because I know Mavs fans want to you know, go into a long you know, playoff run, but you're gonna need your star to be you know, at 100%. So, if he's getting tired now, that's not a good sign. And as we said before, Lakina, even though the Mavs of 19 and 16, they won their last two games in a row. I know they beat LeBron James and company on Christmas Day. We'll get to that in a second. But as we said before, we last season, Lakina, we said it so far this season, even though it looks like they're starting to turn around, who's going to be that second banana to help out Luka Dantich? Mm-hmm. Christian Wood has been a big disappointment so far. We're still looking for that consistency in, in Tim Hardaway Jr. And, and like uh, like we talked about uh, during the summer, again, they're going to miss Jalen Brunson. You saw what Mr. Brunson is doing right now with the New York Knicks. So who's going to be that second banana to have by Luka Doncic, especially if he has performances like that? Uh, that's going to do good for the short term. But like you said, in the long term, it's going to hinder you. 
Yeah, I know uh, Dimwitty had 25, but yeah, I mean, we know he's inconsistent. So, yeah, he definitely really needs it. Yeah, we'll see if they make a trade, perhaps maybe try to get that, you know, that second tier, second guy, you know, to compliment Luca. But it's going to be interesting, though, like I said, something to look out for. Probably, you know, the, the fatigue might be a factor. Mm-hmm. Now, Phoenix got a big win against Memphis, 125-108. They've had their struggles lately. So this might be the type of game that they really need. It won't get to their Christmas Day uh, game. In a little, in a little bit, but you know, all five of their stars were double figures. Um, maybe, you know, Devin Booker did not did not play as CP three had fourteen, and uh, you know, DeAndre had sixteen and ten, and you know, just the you know, Jock Landale, Landale, who kind of been sort of like you know, been sort of picking up the slack for him. He had sixteen mm-hmm. points. You know, the uh, the first year guy out of St. Mary, the rookie out of St. Mary. So, uh, a solid win for a Suns team that really needed it. Yeah, especially as you mentioned, that uh, heartbreaking overtime loss at Denver on Christmas Day. Uh, they really bounced back with a nice win on the road last night uh, at Memphis. Memphis, I don't know what's going on with them right now. They uh, they disappointed me and a whole lot of people on Christmas Day with that horrendous mm-hmm. performance at Golden State. Yeah. Uh, they came out and give a lackluster performance like that. Uh, that's inexcusable. I know sometimes these things happen over the long season, but hopefully if you're Memphis, you got to turn it around mentally. And I think they still going to be a good team that's going to be there at the end. But uh, they got to turn this, uh, get this out of their system as quickly as possible. They just got to turn it around mentally. As soon as they do that, uh, everything else will, uh, will take care of itself. Dwayne Washington Jr. led the way for uh, for them. We're talking about the Suns with 26 off the bench. So nice balance, you know, spread out score for the Suns with a team that really needed it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes for Memphis. I mean, look, you know, I've, I've had questions about that team. So we'll see how uh, that goes there. Boston. Uh, beat uh, Houston 126-120. Of course, Jalen Brown had 39, leading the way there for the Celtics. And sort of a, you know, Boston's been, you know, they got the best record in the NBA right now as we are, we're, we're recording this as of, you know, right now. And uh, the last four times that a team, well, okay, well, I'll say I'll say this. I mean, uh, four of the last six uh, NBA champs had the, had the best record by Christmas Day, so. You know, you know, they got another win last last night, and uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, look, they haven't all the off the court stuff. They haven't affected them so far, at the very mm-hmm. least. But it's gonna be interesting to see can they keep it up. Uh, you know, Jalen, uh, you know, Jason Tamas just had thirty eight points. He right behind, of course, uh, Brown's thirty nine. Didn't really have too much, you know, after that. So that could be a factor there, especially if either one of them has an off night. Someone's gonna have to step mm-hmm. up. Yeah, we talked about Jalen Brown in. And Jason Tam uh, being the best duo in, in the NBA, I still believe that right now. Just like last year around this time, Lakina, remember Boston was starting to turn it around and uh, getting used to the way they uh, now ex-head coach Ime Udoka wanted them to play. They, they were starting to get in. You saw their season uh, turned around and eventually mm-hmm. went to the NBA Finals before bowing out to Golden State. Right now, uh, they, uh, they're they're – playing maybe a slightly above their heads, but they're still a good team. Like I said, all the court stuff hasn't affected them. They're getting it done on both ends on the floor. Remember last year it started with defense and the offense came to them. Uh, it is the re- is rinse, wash, rinse, and repeat for the Celtics team, and that's what we're watching right now. Yeah, so we'll see if Boston can keep keep it up. The Clippers got a nice win against Toronto, 124-113. Uh, you know, I think we're starting to see a little bit of, you know, that little spring, you know, Clippers – you know, that, that's sort of like the little extra spring and stuff we're trying, you know, we're starting to see, you know, PG had 23, uh, Kawhi Leonard slowly kind of getting back on track. He had 15, uh, Zubak led the way with 23 as well, along mm-hmm. with, uh, PG and, and, 
Norman Powell had a 22 off the bench for the Clippers. So they're, I think they're start, slowly starting to get their groove. I'm talking about the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're starting to see why they're one of the favorites. You know, they're 21 and 15 right now. Yeah, you mentioned it's a, it was a back-to-back situation for the Clippers last night. They had to go to Detroit uh, mm-hmm. overtime against Detroit uh, mm-hmm. to to beat that Pistons team. I know Kawhi Leonard sat out that one, but uh, you're starting to see the Clippers trying to get healthy, and you're starting to see them play uh, aggressive basketball, especially on the offensive end. Uh, like you said, they, um, they're perfect 2-0 in their last two games on this East Coast road trip, and so hopefully uh, they, they are starting to figure out. You know, I picked them to win the championship, so – We'll we'll see what happens. Talk to me in another in another month if they're gonna if if I believe that they're gonna be a serious contender in their in their Western Conference because as we said before the season started, it's gonna be a log jam, and we expected this Clippers right. team to be right there. I expected them. I expect them to be right there if they stay healthy. Lakers beat the Magic one twenty nine one ten as they're starting their uh their uh. Wait West a minute, the Lakers Coast won a game. <laughs> yeah, they did. I know, right? Yeah, after yeah. losing uh, on, uh, on Christmas, uh, they they uh, they they beat the Magic. You know, starting their east their East Coast road trip one twenty nine one ten. LeBron at twenty eight. Uh, Wizards beat the Sixers one sixteen one eleven. And Denver, you know, edged out, uh, pulled away. I should say from the Canes one thirteen one oh six. And uh, yeah, those are your well. Indiana, Indiana beat. Uh, Atlanta, you know, the battle of the sort of the young gun teams, if you will, 129, 114. Buddy Hill had 26 leading the way for the uh, Pacers. And uh, yeah, that's about it for uh, the Tuesday games. Um, yeah, one, one other game I want to mention about from last night. Uh, the Warriors beat the Hornets uh, 110 to 105. I know Charlotte has the worst record in NBA, nine, they're 9 and 24, I believe now. But Clay Thompson led the way with 29. Jordan Poole. Uh, had some uh, big buckets last night. I watched the last six minutes of that game last night. Jordan Poole uh, had 24 points, and but Jonathan Kaminga, we saw some flashes from him mm-hmm. last year. He's going to get some more minutes. He contributed 14 mm-hmm. points off the bench, including the key slam dunk that basically pulled the game away, uh, extending that lead to six, I believe, under, with under 30 seconds to go. They still getting it done without Steph Curry. Hopefully, he can come back soon. Uh, but uh looks like Steve Kerr as we said we had he had to figure out the second uh wrote uh the second unit. Um those guys are getting an extra minutes now with Curry being out. Yeah, Kaminga is you know, definitely you know, gonna have to be sort of like you know, carry the load uh with Seth being out for another few weeks. So we'll see what happens there going into some Monday's games. Uh, of course you mentioned the Clippers, you know, had to go to overtime and beat the Pistons 142-131. You know, you're surprised that he had they had enough energy left for that uh, game against Toronto last night, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they were able to pull that out. Of course, PG had 32 there. Miami beat Minnesota 113-110. Uh, Portland beat uh, Charlotte, you know, 124-113. Brooklyn, they're continuing their run at uh, 125-117. Yeah, Definitely- Darius Garland had a great game for Cleveland, scoring 42 points. Yeah, but it was a losing effort as yeah. uh, KD had 32. Uh, 46 points for Garland is a career high for him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they're starting to kind of get going. I'm talking about the Nets. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Jock Vaughn, we talked about it on Friday. Uh, Friday uh, Jock Vaughn might have found him, you know, might have found the niche there with, with them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll see if they can keep it up. Now, going to the Christmas Day uh, games on Sunday, uh, we'll start with uh, – uh, the, the, the the Sixers beat the Knicks 119 112 35 points for uh Mr. Embiid and uh look I mean th- this is sort of one of th- was one of those games where you thought you know it was back and forth for a little bit I mean 
you know, the Knicks were up by 12 in the in the first quarter, but then uh, the Sixers got into a little bit of a run in the second quarter, outscoring them by nine mm-hmm. points. And, you know, it was sort of back and forth for a little bit, but then, of course, in the fourth quarter, the Sixers were able to pull away. Yeah, you pretty much uh, took the words right out of my mouth, uh, and that's what happened. And that's the difference between uh, a slightly average and or uh, slightly above average team and a very good team. And that's what you saw with the Philadelphia 76ers as they pulled away in that fourth quarter against the New York Knicks. I know uh, that uh, the Knicks have, are now on a current three game losing streak, you know, thanks to the Bulls, the Sixers, and now what the Mavericks did to them last night in overtime. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Knicks are. are they're supposed to be this defensive team led by Tom Thibodeau, but defensively they've been having problems. We saw that again on Christmas Day, and so they can score the ball, but uh, their problems has been at times this year uh, playing uh, defense consistently. And I think that's that's been the problem too. So <sighs> yeah, the Knicks. I, I look. I, I told you about the Knicks. That you were saying that hey, this could be the different Knicks team. You know, we're seeing some of those bad habits. So. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens uh, there. Of course, uh, Luke only had 32 in the, the Mavericks uh, <laughs> win against the Lakers, 124 uh, 115. Of course, this was, I believe, this was uh, LeBron's 19th Christmas Day game, which uh, takes you. Know, Unbelievable. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> I know Jordan didn't get that many. We thought he got a lot, but not compared to LeBron. Of course, no. I know LeBron has played longer, but. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that too. And uh, yeah, that, that only beats uh, Kobe. But uh, yeah, I mean, that else, I, I got a chance to a little bit of this this game, and it, it just it was one of those games where you know it's just you know Dallas was just too much for the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> once again, you take the words right out of my mouth. Uh, the Lakers were in it early, especially in that first half. Mm-hmm. It's it's only so much LeBron James can do. I know they're still without Anthony Davis. When when he returned, well, who knows? You could flip a coin and predict the day, almost like a bingo situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of LeBron James, I know Lonnie Walker's been playing okay. I know that Austin Reese has been okay off the bench for the Lakers, but LeBron James still does not have a shooter. Until the Lakers get a shooter, they're not going to go anywhere. Even if they even make the playoffs, Lakina. Now, this this Lakers team is not dangerous. LeBron needs shooters. And that, if you study the history of LeBron James and his teams, uh, he has at least two shooters. You don't have one right now. They don't. Mm-hmm. The Lakers don't have a shooter right now. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see how that goes there. Uh, Boston beat Milwaukee uh, pretty handily, 139-118. Uh, Jason Tatum led the way with 41. Giannis only had 27. And again, this is sort of one of those games where I, I guess, you know, uh, the Boston kind of jumped on them early and, you know, really didn't look back. I know that um, that the, you know, the Bucks came back, you know, I think it was like a from what I gather, I think they were they were up, or I think they were trailing, at the, or I think they were like right there with them. But you know, big fourth quarter, you know, basically like half I should say, and you know, the the Celtics were able to hold them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, Milwaukee was in it early. Boston pulled away in, in the fourth quarter, you know, like you mentioned, led by Jason Taylor's forty-one points. It was defense for the Celtics that got it done. Giannis, I know he had twenty-seven, but he needed help, and he didn't get that uh, in the crucial moments where. We saw that in the past with uh, with this Milwaukee Bucks team. Uh, Milwaukee didn't get it. Boston got it, and that's why the Celtics walked away with that important victory at home. Yeah, big victory there for the Celtics. Uh, there, uh, let's get to this Memphis game uh, against uh, Golden State. I would have thought that maybe Memphis, especially without Steph, I mean, I would have thought that maybe they mm-hmm. would have been maybe maybe Coach Jenkins' sweater. Maybe that's probably what threw him off. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that, <laughs> saw that before the game. I was like, uh, oh, well, I guess that that's getting to the holiday spirit. I think he might have put a little bit, mm-hmm. might be a little bit too much spirit there as uh, his uh, Grizzlies uh, struggled uh, in that uh, as they were, you know, 
they beat uh, the Warriors beat them pretty easily. Jordan Poole had mm-hmm. 32. Dante DiVincenzo had 19. And you know, I, I guess you know, Kerr's been playing with different lineups. Clay's been in out of the lineup. You know, he had 24 in that Christmas uh, game. And basically, yeah, they just pretty much dominated. I'm, you know, I'm talking about the Warriors did. Yeah, Memphis only shot the ball 41%, only 23% from three. They weren't aggressive enough of driving the ball to the basket for, for my liking. And that was the reason why they lost. Uh, because uh, they couldn't shoot the ball, the Warriors took advantage of their mistakes, and like you said, off and running, they went. Yeah, had yeah, uh, Pools, a third uh, Warriors player at twenty three or younger. He's only twenty two. <laughs> so he just he just turned twenty two with a thirty point game on Christmas Day. The other two, uh, a couple of Hall of Famers, Rick Barry and Will Chamberlain. Uh, so uh, you know he joins good company uh, there in, in that respect. You know, with a Warrior uh, having a big. Uh, Christmas, uh, the, the last game of the, of the quintuple header on uh, ABC ESP, ESPN. Uh, Denver uh, just hung on to beat Phoenix in overtime, one twenty eight, one twenty five. I actually got a chance to uh, watch this game, and it was actually it was actually a pretty thrilling. I mean, it was yes, it was the you know, best game forth. of the day. <laughs> yeah, it was back and forth. You know, but you know, by the time overtime uh, started, I think the Suns were I think the Suns were up by a little bit, and then uh, of course the Nuggets came back, and you know. You know, in overtime, uh, Nuggets outscore uh, the Suns 12 to 15. That's why they were able to hold them off. Props out and shouts out to Aaron Gordon, the shooting guard of the Denver Nuggets. He had seven dunks in his Christmas Day uh, game debut, and he had the dunk of the year, dunk <laughs> of a lifetime, the best Christmas Day dunk of all time when he dunked over Landry Shamit in overtime. I, I jumped out of my seat, Lakeen. I said, this, woo. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, if people oh. if people know uh, know me, and I think I talked about this uh, years ago on the O.D. and Davis show, and I said that that Scottie Pippen dunk in Game Six at the old Chicago Stadium over Patrick Ewing was the best facial dunk in NBA history. I still uh, uh, hold hold that to that standard. But Aaron Gordon's in that team picture for me. Did you see Landry Shamit tried to? He was outside the circle, but he just couldn't get himself together. Aaron Gordon. What you're supposed to do if you're gonna uh, uh if you're gonna uh, uh, uh go with force to the basket, dunk the ball, and that's what he did. Uh, it was so sweet. Love yeah, that yeah. dunk. The yeah. best Christmas day dunk ever. Period. Yeah, yeah, Anybody want to debate? Go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. We'll talk about it. Carry yeah, on. Poor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but look, baby, poor, poor Shamit. Uh, you know, he had 31 points, which was a career high. Uh. For him, you know, kind of ruined the, that day for him with that dunk. So uh, look, oh, look, our buddy Lamont said, uh, uh, Aaron was uh dope, but also disrespectful, I guess. Way. Yeah. yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, it kind of ruined his uh, little uh debut, uh, you know, little party there. Uh, you know, like I said, thirty-one points was a career high for Shamit. So you know, mm-hmm. kind of ruined that uh, little thing with that dunk. I know he's gonna have, he's probably having nightmares to that dunk as we speak. So uh, you know, uh, you know, a solid dunk, but also too, I think if you're the another fan, you'll, you'll take the win as well. <laughs> Yeah, and Nikolai Jokic is one of the best uh, um, best players in the league, if not the best big man in the league. He led the Nuggets with 41. Uh, Jamal Murray uh, made some big buckets, too. Let's not forget that. Uh, as we said, Lakino, as both of them go, talking about Jokic and Murray, Murray. Uh, the, the Nuggets go up as well. And don't forget about Michael Porter Jr. as well. But Aaron Gordon, he's, uh, he stepped up big time. Besides that dunk, uh, he has some key buckets as well. Just make your free throws, my man. He missed a couple in overtime, yeah. but thank goodness it didn't come back to bite the different nuggets. But uh, he's usually a good free throw shooter. He just, you know, I guess got caught up in a moment uh, missing a couple of those free throws in overtime after that disrespectful dunk. But uh, overall, it was a good win for the Nuggets. 
Yeah, definitely a good win for them. They have to keep pace, you know, being that they have the best record in the West right now. So, uh, you know, they definitely needed that win. Now, going into, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say, you know, tonight, which is Wednesday, and also tomorrow, Thursday's uh, games. You got Orlando and Detroit at 6 o'clock tonight. Phoenix, you know, continues their uh, East Coast trip uh, playing Washington. That's also at 6. Brooklyn, we'll see if they can keep it going against Atlanta. Uh, Lakers and Miami. That's the in, the first game of the NBA TV doubleheader. Of course, ESPN has bowl commitments, so that's why these games are on NBA TV. The the doubleheader, mm-hmm. first game of that doubleheader. Milwaukee and Chicago, of course, that's at seven o'clock. Uh, Minnesota and New Orleans. That should be an interesting one. Of course, you know Minnesota shorthanded. We'll see if the Pelicans take advantage of that. Utah and uh, Golden State. We'll see if Golden State can keep up what they're doing after mm-hmm. that win last night. You know, luckily they get back to back home games. And uh, Denver and Sacramento, the second game, second half of the NBA two doubleheader at nine. That should be a fun one. And that's not a misprint because those, both those teams played um, last yep. night. Last night, um. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if the kids get, get, get their revenge. Yeah, yeah. And Eric Gordon did not play in last night's game for Denver. Maybe he'll play tonight. We'll see what happens with that. Now going to Thursday's uh, schedule at six o'clock, we'll have the OKC Thunder. They'll travel to Charlotte to take on the Hornets. The OKC KC Thunder team, Lakina, even though they're four games under 500, they're not a bad squad. Uh, they're not a bad squad. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs or anything like that, but they're not a bad young squad. So um, let, let's see what the Thunder can do on the road against the worst team in the NBA and the Michaels, Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets. At 6 o'clock also on Thursday, we'll have Cleveland and Indiana. Indiana surprise team, Lakina. Keeping Indiana in mind, I want to ask you a question about them uh, coming up. But the Cavaliers and Pacers were getting on on Thursday, 6 o'clock from Indianapolis. At 6.30 on NBA TV's Game of the Night for Thursday, we'll have the Los Angeles Clippers traveling to Bingtown to take on the Boston Celtics. Could this be a possible NBA Finals preview? We'll see. At 6.30, we'll have Memphis at Toronto. Let's see if the Grizzlies can get, get back on track after them losing their last two games. At 7 o'clock, we'll have the Knicks visit San Antonio to take on the Spurs. And at 7.30, we'll have the Battle of Texas. Houston at Dallas. Okay, that should be interesting. One, and that is your schedule for the next couple of days in the NBA. Listen, I can see sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee and Sydney Brown uh, with you. Uh, so we got a few more minutes left. Uh, uh, where do you want to? Where you want to go? Like I said, we're not used to doing Wednesday shows, folks. <laughs> so bear, <laughs> so bear, bear with us. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to just go to go to the Bears game and get that over with, or do you want to do something I, else? I wanted to wrap up this uh, email segment by uh, talking about possible coaches of the year. That's why I said uh, keep Indiana in mind. Rick Carlisle has his team playing well right now, as you as you mentioned that uh, they beat the Hawks last night. And would you consider him not as the top candidate, but at least a top five candidate for NBA head coach of the year? Yeah, I think he's probably definitely. I think Mike Brown okay. will probably be another. Mike Brown's probably another one. You know, what he's doing with Sacramento. Yeah. Um, I think Michael Maloney, I think, you know, what he's doing with Denver. I think you got to think he, his name is probably going to be up there. Uh, well, the, the uh, uh, coach for Boston, I forgot his name, but uh, you got to think he mm-hmm. probably could get a. Get a nice, uh, you know, nice show on Jacques Vaughn, what he's been, especially the Nets keep up. I was thinking about him been... uh, watching that game on Monday against Cleveland. Yeah, and he's so, uh, uh, he's got that Brooklyn situation figured out. As we yeah. said on our show last week, uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, keep your name out of the headlines, go play basketball. This is what happens. You're on the current nine game winning streak. Yeah, those are probably like the, the, the top five in no, in no particular order, like the top five mm-hmm. so far. So, 
Yeah, you could probably put. Well, well, again, ask this question again in about a month, and we'll see. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think those are probably like the five that probably. Would yeah, probably one more name to consider, Lakina. They're twenty-one and twelve right now. Willie Green, the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. I think there's still like a lot of questions with the Pelicans, especially with the health, especially with Zion. Okay. And I, and, yeah, I think he's probably up there too. But like I said, I think we need mm -hmm. more. Yeah, I think we'll say you know, you know, I think it's I think for, for some people, I think they probably need to see more, especially if Zion can stay healthy. Okay, and our uh, we have a question from our Facebook page from our buddy Lamont Scott. Uh, do do the Bulls have an uh, an All Star this year? If you're talking about the All Star game, which you can vet, you can vote now on NBA.com and all social media platforms. Do the Bulls have an All Star this year? <sighs> the only All Star I can think of offhand is Demar Derozan. That's it. Probably the only. Zach Levine hasn't old. played like one. Vooch is not his father. His teammates can't get him involved on a consistent basis. So. Uh, the only, uh, so DeMar DeRosa will probably be the only all-star that, uh, that we could consider from this Bulls team. That's it. Yeah, I, I probably would say that as well. And uh, I think Luka is definitely the leader in the clubhouse for MVP. I think he's already making that. But like I said, I mean, if he has the energy, I think, look, he said, like like he said uh, last night, he was tired. So don't mm -hmm. be surprised if uh, uh, Coach Kidd uh, starts sitting him, especially as he gets later on into the season. How does that one be? Energy. Yeah, I won't be surprised if, if it's – um. Uh, I think they play again on Thursday against the Houston. So mm -hmm. if that if that's the case, don't be surprised. And Lamar chimes in with a non-comment and says, if the Nets keep winning, Mr. Vaughn, I assume he's talking about the uh, coach of the coach year. Of the we'll year. we'll see. We'll see. They have the talent. And Kevin Durant is playing magnificent right now. Kyrie Irving is back. Uh, uh, he got his game back. Uh, he's out, out the newspaper headlines and, and so forth. So mm -hmm. Brooklyn's been playing very good basketball. We talked about this before, Lakina, with Brooklyn. And Austin Carr mentioned it, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers TV analyst there for Valley Sports Ohio. Him and John Michael, they do a great job. I was watching that game the other night via NBA TV, and he talked about this, and we mentioned this on the show before. Uh, John Vaughn has Brooklyn playing on both ends, especially defensively. And I know they kind of let down uh, at the end of that game against Cleveland on Monday, but Brooklyn's playing better defensively, unlike early in the year when they had Steve Nash at the helm. Yeah, so uh, definitely things are starting to turn around now. Like you said, can they keep their names out of the headlines? I think you'll be, they'll be mm -hmm. fine. We're finally seeing like the, the, the Nets team that we thought we would see earlier in the season. So definitely, uh, he's definitely right up there. So again, We'll ask this question again in about a month, and we'll see if you know, they can keep it up. So uh, it'll be interesting, though. But, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens the rest of this. You know, as we get closer and closer to the All-Star break, that's definitely going to be, like, the keys on who will end up doing what. Now, our number one in the books, our number two is coming up. Of course, we'll talk some NFL. Uh, a top player is retired. We'll be retired there this season. We got another coaching uh, firing. And uh, a whole lot more. We'll, we'll, pre we'll, we'll, we'll recap some, not all. We'll, we'll recap some of the games uh, in week 16 this weekend. So uh, a lot to do. Also, too, uh, we'll do some uh, o o Ovechkin. You know, Mr. Ovechkin you know, ha has another record in his set, you know, in his sights. And a whole lot more. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. More coming up right after this. My lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? 
Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. She's paying attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, a special Monday edition. Sorry, a Wednesday edition, right here, real life and living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can hit up yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. And we have less than an hour left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can always do so on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. And a friendly reminder, you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. Lakino, let's kick off our number two by getting talking some football, digging into the NFL. But first, we got to mention these disgusting Chicago Bears now 3-12 and on the season after losing another home game, this time to the Buffalo Bills, perhaps your future Super Bowl champion, by the score of 35-13, Justin Fields. Uh, 119 yards passing off of 15-23 passing, a quarterback rating 92.5. David Montgomery had 16 carries for 62 yards. They were in it, Lakina, for most of the game, but in that fourth quarter, the Buffalo Bills exploded. Uh, 
to uh, uh, put their game away, and they showed why they are one of the best, if not the best, complete team in the NFL, minus Von Miller's uh, uh, absence due to an ACL injury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they kept it close for a little bit. I'll give the Bears credit for that, but I think mm-hmm. you know they they real halfway through that third quarter. I think they you know the Bills realized, oh, okay, yeah, we're we're better than the Bears. So we saw that you know Josh Allen was able to bounce back from those uh, two interceptions that he threw. Um, you know, came back, threw a couple of touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown. Devin Singletary, you'll be happy with this. Said led the team in rushing at 106. No, no, uh, yay! And a touchdown. <laughs> you know, Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox each had a touchdown catch. But yeah, I mean, look, Simon Diggs wasn't really a big factor, but you know, look, that's why I got about the other receivers as well. You know, I think he only had like three targets, and says we'll talk about Diggs. But the defense, and look, you, you get, look, you, you get, look, you get the Bears credit award too. I mean, look, you had. You know, they did intercept Josh Allen a couple of times, but you can kind of tell, you know, you know, Bills got a little nick, you know, banged up mm-hmm. at the end of that game. At the end of that game, I know they said that it was, oh, you know, he, you know, someone stepped on his foot or whatever. And, but even still, this will call good questions. Some of the people say that he should, you know, perhaps maybe sit for the rest of these next couple of games. You're really not gaining much of anything, so that you think that you, you know that that course is gonna uh, be even louder, especially if you know, God forbid, he gets hurt in these uh next couple of games. But yeah, I mean, look, the defense played okay. I'm talking about the Bears defense, you know, they had mm. like I said, those two interceptions from Allen, and but again, it just shows you that the Bears are not where they need to be. And look, this offseason is gonna be really well, we'll get more into that as it gets you know further down the line, mm-hmm. but it, it, it like I said, I think that this. I know people want to say, oh, they fight it and such, but yeah, you, know, you want results. And we'll, we'll see next year we actually get those results. Yeah. I want to ask uh, Bears fans right now uh, on uh, Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Uh, uh, we want to see and hear your, re- see your responses. Uh, would you sit Justin Fields for the last two games of the season? Of course, they're playing Detroit. Uh, this coming weekend, we'll we'll preview that matchup uh, for what it's worth on on, fr- on Friday because it's, it's a bigger game for Detroit as they try to c- uh, clinch a playoff spot. Of course, next mm-hmm. uh, uh, next week, uh, the Bears will host the Minnesota Vikings in a regular season finale. Perhaps it will not it won't mean anything for the Bears, and I don't think it's going to mean anything for the Minnesota Vikings because they they already have the division clinch, and I think they'll have the number two, not worse at worst, the number three C already wrapped up. So I don't think Minnesota you'll see any of their starters. So if you're a Bears fan, would you like to see Justin Fields sit for the last two games of the season, which it won't mean anything obviously for the Chicago Bears? We'd like to um, get your responses on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on youtube lakina uh, i wish uh, we had a sound effect like the late great dub banks and this is for buffalo bills mm-hmm. head coach sean mcdermott if you have josh allen rush less if you use your running backs and they gain more yards than your quarterback in the rushing department you will win 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 as you mentioned lakina devin singletary over 106 yards rushing uh, Jalen Cook, the younger brother of Minnesota Vikings star Dalvin Cook, he had 90, uh, close to 99 yards rushing. If Buffalo Bills can get that, especially during the uh, during the uh, the playoffs run, hopefully it's a long playoff run for them, they're going to uh, win uh, and perhaps go to the Super Bowl. But Josh Allen, don't forget, he still has that bad right elbow injury. I know they know that, but uh, if you have Josh Allen rush more than your running backs, you're going to have a problem. And Lakina, and before we get to the rest of the NFL, what did we say on Friday regarding to this Bears-Bills game? Watch out for Gabe Davis. He scored the first touchdown 
of the game. And you can run on that Buffalo Bills defense. I'm sure that's McDermott calling me right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I said it. Follow the damn game plan, you'll win. But <laughs> we said that uh, Gabe Davis would be a factor in this game on Friday. He's going the first touchdown of the game for Buffalo. And Von, with Von Miller's absence for that Buffalo Bills defense, that Achilles heel for that defense is that it's their run defense. We saw that uh that run defense bent, but it, it didn't break. The Bears, the reason one of the reasons why the Bears were in that game because they rushed the ball with David Montgomery and they forced a couple of turnovers. But it was Buffalo's offense and a lack of talent of the Bears which prevailed at the end. All right, let's go to the rest of the, uh, the NFL because, like I said, I, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not even gonna. You'll comment too much on, on that one now. We won't go through all of them like we usually mm -hmm. do on Mondays. Uh, but yeah, just gonna go to some of uh, the, the top games. You know, some of these games, remember, some of these games happened on Saturday, you know, because of, uh, you know, because it was the Christmas mm -hmm. holiday. But, uh, you know, Minnesota got another uh, comeback win against the Giants 27 24. Uh, Great Joseph with another uh, field goal this this time. Uh, I think it was from 51 yards uh, to 61 yards. 61, 61 yards. Another well, a press it one nonetheless. Uh, they repelled them in that win. Another comeback when uh, sort of derailing the Giants' chances. They're getting slimmer and slimmer. They fall to eight, six, and one while the, the Vikings go to 12 and three. You know, Kirk Cousins uh, threw for three touchdowns. Of course, Dalvin mm -hmm. Cook, speaking of Dalvin Cook, had 84 uh, rushing yards. But, you know, Dale Jones had an interception you know, and, a, and a touchdown uh, pass. It losing is a losing effort, but it was really sort of like the defense of the, the you know, the various defenses. Um, uh, the, the Vikings sacked Jones three times, including a couple mm -hmm. of big ones that kind of derailed uh, the Giants' chances. They gave the Vikings another chance to win that game, and they did. Yeah, and also, too, on the flip side for the New York Giants, uh, Daniel Jones, you mentioned, had a good game, 334 yards and a touchdown. But it was Saquon Barkley, especially in that fourth quarter. He had 14 carries for 84 yards in that, in that late touchdown to, to tie the game for the New York, New York football Giants. But, Lakina, who's going to be that uh, stud wide receiver for the New York Giants? I know Darius Slane has, has taken his turns trying to be that guy this year. But who's going to be that big playmaker for Daniel Jones outside of Saquon Barkley? Right now, they just don't have it. We'll see what happens there. Uh, another sort of like another like top game, of course. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Seahawks 24 10. Looks like, yeah, I think you know, them we might be saying bye bye to the, the Seahawks, uh, playoff yeah. uh, chances. So, uh, and also to uh, Cincinnati, uh, beat uh, New England, they held them all 22 to 8. And uh, that last play, I, I got a chance to actually see that, and I think it was an interception. <laughs> I think it was, yep. it was a fumble, it was a no, it was a fumble, it was a fumble, it wasn't an interception, it was a fumble. And that pr pretty much, uh, because the Patriots had a shot to win that game, it helps keep their playoff hopes alive now, but now they fall to seven and eight, so you know, that, that, you know, that might be it for them as well. And uh, don't look now, but the uh, Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, upset. Uh, the Detroit Lions. I told you on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 37, yes. 23. Um, you know, Sam Darling, his return through for 250 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it was, you know, it was Dante uh, Freeman and Ch uh, Chuba Hubbard. They could buy for over 300 and mm -hmm. 308 yards or 300. I can't, shoot. I can't count. <laughs> this is me. I can't count. Almost, almost 300 yards. And, uh, uh, well, he'll, well, uh, Freeman had the touchdown, but yeah, they it was a rushing attack that definitely uh, propelled uh, the Panthers in that game and uh, keep it. And it, look, they still got a shot to win the NFC South. You know, go figure on that. Despite everything that's happened, but yeah, they still got it. The Panthers still have a shot to win uh, that division. So uh, just we thought that maybe Detroit still has an outside shot, but yeah, I mean, 
But the Panthers had a big first half. They racked up 240 uh, rushing yards, the most in franchise history. Of course, we told you about uh, Hubbard and uh, Foreman. Uh, they rushed for 100 yards for the first time in the, just you know, the first in the first half since uh, Maurice Jones drew it and Fred Taylor did it in 06. So, yeah, the Panthers still have a shot in spite of everything they've been through. Yep. On the flip side for Detroit, Jared Goff had a good game with 355 yards passing and three touchdowns on in DJ Shark had four four catches for 108 yards. But we talked about that Lions defense, Lakina. They were uh they were terrible to start the year. They were forcing turnovers during their recent winning streak over the last couple months. But uh that Lions defense got exposed last Saturday. Their run defense was at uh was absolutely terrible. I don't think they even forced now one turnover, so that's uh the main reason why they lost. So, but yeah. they still have a uh, they still have a uh, um they they still control their destiny in their own hands. So talking about the Lions as far as the getting into the playoffs, they must beat the Bears uh, this week, and they must go to Green Bay to beat the Packers uh, next week. We'll get to Green Bay in just a moment. But Detroit still, uh, even though it's a slim chance, according to some people, they still control the destiny in their own hands. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we'll see what they do there these last couple of weeks. Uh, Baltimore, they clinched a playoff spot. Uh, I know the Baltimore fans will be happy about that. You know, Tyler Hundry Hundley had a touchdown uh, pass. You know, threw for 115 yards, no interceptions. I think that's a you, you'll take that if you're the, you're a Ravens mm-hmm. fan. Uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins uh, had nice you know, rushing uh, performances as well. It was really their defense. I'm talking about. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, the Ravens. They were kind of like you know right there. They had you know they only they only mm-hmm. sacked uh, Desmond Ritter twice, but. You know, luckily for them, they were playing Atlanta, so they really didn't have to do too much, but they still end up winning that game now, and they're not going back to the playoffs. Yeah, let me ask you this question, Lakina. Uh, like, um, one, that final score is your fitting, I call it, pre-1980s football, but a couple of things. One, Drake London, uh, the rookie right receiver for Atlanta, he's going to be a, a stud. He has seven catches for 96 yards, but I want to ask this question. If you're a Baltimore fan, I know Lamar Jackson has been hurt the last few weeks. Would you sit him until two weeks from now when the playoffs start? I would. Yeah, I would. I mean, look, Hunley's doing. You know, look, Hunley's done, done okay. I mean, he's made some mistakes, but yeah, he's doing the you know, just enough. He's keeping mm-hmm. everything afloat. They'll have to. They're gonna have to play regardless. So they still got a shot, a, a small shot away in that division. So they still gotta battle it out uh, with uh, Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, I, I probably would. I mean, I think look, Hunley has shown that he's actually been a, been pretty solid. So mm-hmm. I would say like let him play until. Look, that PCL injury. I think I I don't know whether or not uh, Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson practiced today, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, I think right for right now, I would say like keep. I would say like yo, yeah, keep keep Hundley in there. Yeah, you can sit Lamar Jackson uh, for the next two games and get him uh, ready for the playoffs. Uh, uh, one of the upsets that took place uh, on Saturday, uh, the Tennessee Titans they lose to the Houston Texans nineteen to fourteen. Derek Henry for the Titans twenty three carries one hundred twenty six yards and a rushing touchdown. Of course. We mentioned on Friday that uh, Brian Tannehill, the starting quarterback, was out for the year uh, due to the ankle injury. Uh, Malik Willis, what are you talking about? Willis uh, filled in for the for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they didn't have enough offense in the end. Levy Smith gets his second win, second win of the season for Houston, uh, which now Lakina, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I said before the season started, they'll make the playoffs as a wild card. But uh, what the Jacksonville Jaguars did to the New York Jets last Thursday night, they are tied for the lead in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Go figure that. <laughs> and they play, yeah, and uh, they actually uh, play each other the last game of the season, so that could very well end up being for that di- for that division. So that'll be interesting there. And uh, look, I mean, 
the Titans, they got a tough go at it because they got to play Dallas this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so this is going to be – they play uh, tomorrow, I believe. So, uh, yep. yeah. That, yeah, tomorrow that, night. Yep. That, mm-hmm. Yep, that's going to be uh, very interesting. So, uh, the Jazz could be, you know, playing for the division, especially if the, t- the Titans end up losing to the Cowboys uh, tomorrow night. So, that's going to be very interesting there. Uh, they sacked Malik – I'm talking about the Texas defense. They sacked Malik Willis four times. They intercepted him twice. You know, you, you figured that this was probably going to be like the upset, and yeah, it's look. I mean, the Titans—they're just not playing like you thought they would. They fall to seven and eight, and it's just—they're they're spiraling. And they were throwing even before Tannehill went out for the year, but mm-hmm. it was just yeah, not not a good uh, showing for uh, the Titans. There, the wheel is starting to fall off. Now going to the late games, of course, you know San Francisco uh, might have you know bumped up, bumped out the Commanders' chances. They uh. Pulled away from uh, the commanders, thirty-seven to twenty. Brock Purdy still showed a little bit of uh, that 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 flash. Two touchdown passes, two hundred thirty-four yards. But it was really their 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 rushing. Uh, I'm talking about the the Forty Niners. Really, really, Ray McLeod. You know, easy for me to say. Had a rushing <laughs> touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had a rushing touchdown as well. George Kittle had both of those uh, mm-hmm. those TD passes from uh, Purdy and. Uh, Kittle, you know, interestingly, interestingly, interestingly enough, there he's the first Q, uh, first 49ers uh, player to have multiple receiving touchdowns in consecutive games. You got to go all the way back to T.O. when he did it back in 02. Uh, and Purdy's also just a fourth player to pass for multiple TDs in his first three starts since, you know, since starts were first track back in 1950. He joins guys like um, Mariota, who did it in 2015, Jay Culler, mm-hmm. who threw for four. Uh, four straight, yeah, four straight games, and uh, of course Dan Marino, who did it in five straight games. So yeah, Purdy's still keeping the train on the tracks for the 49ers. You think that this is the game plan that would, that San Francisco would have used if uh, Trey and Lance was healthy, right? Uh, don't give him too much scale to play, but back uh, if a wide receiver is open, don't throw the guy the football, but run run the football and play defense. Brock Purdy's done a nice job for San Francisco so far. I know some people. Want to bench him if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy come playoff time? But you leave Brock Purdy in there; he's not doing too much. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is not giving him too much uh, to do in the playbook. So, uh, the San Francisco's defense is going to hold his own. I know they bent a little bit, but uh, they they didn't break it. So the 49ers actually put up points on offense. I'm not expecting them to put up 37 points every single game, but once Debo Samuel, that wide receiver, comes back, uh, they'll be more dangerous. Leave Brock Purdy in there. I would, yeah, but you go with the experience. So we know, girl, Jimmy G. Oh, they went to the play, went to the Super Bowl, I should say, with Jimmy G. So you go with the experience. So that, that, that that's something that uh, Kyle, Kyle will have to think about that, Bill. We'll see what he does. Uh, probably one of the games of the weekend, uh, the Cowboys came back and beat the Eagles 40 to 34. Of course, Gardner Minshew. Of course, in uh, in relief of uh, Jalen Hurts, who threw for two touchdowns, 355 yards, but also had a couple of uh, key interceptions. Devontae Smith had two of the you know, had both those touchdown uh, mm-hmm. passes, caught those t- two TD passes from Minshew, 113 yards. AJ Brown, 103 yards. Uh, Dak had 347 uh, threw for 347 yards and three TDs there. CD Lamb, if you had him on your fantasy team you know, in the playoffs, another guy, nice little playoff. Performance there. It was, it was back and forth from uh, start to finish. Probably one of the games of the day. Yeah, it was the game of the day, and I, I didn't think th- this many points will be scored combined between these two teams. But as you said, Lakeen, let me see. What, we'll see what we will see what Garden Minshew can do 
uh, for Philadelphia. He, he had a great performance. I know he kind of ran out of gas at the end, but mm-hmm. I know A.J. Brown got hurt early in the game, but he stayed in. But uh, even though there's no such thing as moral victories in the NFL, uh, the Eagles hung with the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys had to have the offensive performance of a lifetime uh, so far this year to pull off the victory. Dak Prescott, he had uh, he had an early mistake. He got cut down on some of those turnovers, but mm-hmm. uh, he survived the early mistake. He stayed within himself. They stayed within the game plan, and Dallas came out on top. The, yeah, the Cowboys by- all uh, bailed out the defense. Yeah, trailed. Yeah, they trailed by ten by ten points. Talking about Dallas, you're going to the fourth, mm-hmm. and of course those interceptions that they uh, from Minshew, I think they'll definitely uh, kind of help you. Know, J. Ron Curse had one that you know that definitely helped you know, start that rally for Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they need you know, Eagles really didn't need it, but I think it's more. You know, they already clinched everything. They clinched. You know, they'll, they'll probably clinch the one seed, and they, mm-hmm. they've already clinched the, the division. So. But I think this, if they did support more for pride purposes, so we'll see what happens there. Now, the night game, uh, Christmas Eve night, uh, you got the Raiders and the Steelers, of course. You know, they honored the now late great Franco Harris, mm-hmm. uh, 50, 50th anniversary of that immaculate reception. Can you pick it through for uh, a touchdown? Derek Carr had three interceptions, and I just saw uh, some reports that the, uh, he's being sat that Josh Patel is sitting here for Jared Sidham. So he's going to play the rest of the, the rest of the season. It looks like he threw a, a, a league leading 14 interceptions, including the, the three that he threw on Saturday night against the Steelers. And uh, you, you heard Pickett's comments afterwards saying that he felt that they felt, they all felt, um, you know, Frank O'Hara, Frank O'Hara's presence. So, you know, 13 to 10, it was actually very similar to the score that, was you know, the the immaculate reception game? It was actually a very similar mm. score. So yeah, go figure only that. Fitting. Yeah. yeah, only you know, freakishly freakishly fitting, as they say. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things here. One for the Steelers, we told you that this probably what it was going to go, how it was going to go, and that's exactly how that script played out on Saturday night. But I'm going to focus on back on the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think Derek Carr has played his last game as a Las Vegas Raider? I think so. Especially yeah, I, Josh Medea say, I'm, "I'm going to sit you not only for this week but for next week too." Yeah, they've lost the last five games. We're leading by halftime. They're tied, uh, you know, with the old with oh six, you know, season for the most in franchise history. They, they, you know, that season. Remember, they went two and fourteen that year. And Art Shell, of course, you know, he made his return as a coach, and uh, he got fired there. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Carr did play his last game because I, I think, yeah, it, it's not looking good for him so far, especially these last few games. They've had some great wins, but the losses that actually were have been some of the worst. So <laughs> it's been a little, yeah. A little bit uh, daunting there, but the Steelers, the Steelers are still right there in the playoffs. I mean, you know, you, you, know, you thought that they were kind of left for dead, but now they're seven and eight, and they're still they're still got outside shot against that one of the wild cards. Yeah, well, it was supposed to be a, re- a rebuilding year, right? <laughs> totally. No one told uh, Mike Tomlin and his guy and his guys that. So exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, and it's and they're one yeah. game under five hundred with two weeks to go. So we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, going to the Christmas Day matches. There were three of them here. Aaron Rodgers uh, had a touchdown uh, pass. AJ Dillon. Uh, this is probably one of the uglier games. I, I think among the three, uh, Tua had three interceptions, and now they said that he uh, suffered another concussion. Uh, of course, and the Packers mm-hmm. went against uh, the Dolphins, twenty-six twenty, and it looks don't look now, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're uh, still they're seven and eight, and they still got an outside shot to win, get into the playoffs. Let's talk about the Packers. 
why, why, why? <laughs> uh, no, they, uh, the Green Bay hasn't played well, but they benefited from those turnovers that Tua served up on a mm-hmm. silver platter in that second half. But the, the one thing I will give Green Bay credit for this, they ran the football with Aaron yep. Jones consistently. Yep. And what our Matt LaForce team's formula, uh, formula has been over the last few years when they've been winning. Run the football first. Mm-hmm. Take the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. It makes Aaron yep. Rodgers that much more better. Excuse yep. my broken English, but it makes Aaron Rodgers that much better. And that's what we saw on Christmas Day. Yeah, <laughs> a little nice little present there. But yeah, yeah, you feel for two of those, you know, suffering another concussion. Yeah, then Mike, you know, Mike McDaniel, of course, the head coach, actually admitted that. But yeah, don't look now. But yeah, they're, they're getting, look, they're doing, look, Aaron Rodgers basically challenged his guys. Look, we need to basically win out. They're on their way doing that. So they're now seven and eight. So. <laughs> And their their last couple of games, I know that so this this just you know makes it squirm, but yeah, the Vikings <laughs> will see the Vikings. You know that's the late yeah that'll be the late game on New Year's Day, and also too they uh they finish up against the, the Lions, so that could be for that last playoff spot. So we'll see what yeah. happens there. Uh, the second game from that uh Christmas. Uh, Trump, we can just skip this one. Uh, said we'll we'll keep it short with this one. Uh, yeah, we all picked the Rams, but uh, I didn't think none of us. Uh, I'm talking about us and Christine, but none of us picked the Rams to score 51 points. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, we took the Rams in the over. Yeah, you had a nice little Christmas present there. Bigger Mayfield had uh two touchdown uh passes. Uh, Cam Akers, if you had in your fantasy uh playoffs. 118 yards and three touchdowns. He had a nice little, he had a nice little showing there. Uh, Russell Wilson had three interceptions, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett comes here to face something in late card. Uh, yep. You know, now he's, <laughs> the, 30, the 37 point uh, victory by the Rams was lar- the largest by any team on Christmas Day in NFL history. They joined the 2020 uh, Saints as the only teams to record a 50 50 burger on that holiday. So, uh, yeah, Sid, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh, I think make it. Baker Mayfield, we'll see what in these remaining two games of the regular season. But right now, I think he has a job in the NFL next year. I don't know if it's going to be a, as a starting quarterback, but he's going to be playing on somebody's roster as a backup uh, some, somewhere next year. Perhaps Tennessee, perhaps someone else, somewhere else we're not thinking about right now. But uh, Baker Mayfield, is, uh, I think he's secured a job for next year. That's sure that he still got it, so uh, we'll see. <coughs> see what happens there now the night game of the night game actually so i've got a chance actually it's not being too bad uh the bucks beat the the cardinals 1916 in overtime you know tom brady didn't have his best game again you know through two interceptions mm-hmm. trace missouri uh threw for an interception they had to bring andy lee on uh james connor uh, rushed for a touchdown but bubba baker he's up for the year with i'm talking about uh the cardinals safety but uh, I think Ryan Jessup for uh, one of the uh, the top O linemen for the Bucks, he might be back on Sunday, so they're they're looking for that. But uh, yeah, what do you think about this one? Uh, the the Buccaneers' office is putrid, <laughs> and you would think uh, you would have uh, thought that the uh, the Tom Brady and company would uh, rack up some yards against that bad Arizona team, but that just wasn't the case. They had to take it overtime to get it done, but. They still have some weapons there with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans uh, on the outside. Uh, you still have Rashard White as a uh, as a young stud running back before the Buccaneers. And I know Leonard Fournette has had his, had his issues so far this year. So uh, I, I, you just don't know uh, what what finger to point at for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. But uh, they, somehow they got it done. Thank goodness for them that the Arizona Cardinals are, are, are a bad team. That's what I, I took from it. 
Yeah, I think it was just, it is what it is with uh, with that matchup, and the Cardinals have their own issues. So, you know, we yeah. won't uh, go into too uh, detail about that. But on the flip side, though, the Chargers, we we talk about Monday night games, Sid. So uh, that's pretty uh, cool, which is the first for us this year. Uh, the Chargers beat the Colts easily, twenty to three. They clinched a playoff berth for the first time since twenty eighteen. Uh, Justin Herbert had a an interception, you know, two hundred thirty five yards, but it was Austin Eckler who were the was a big star there. Uh, rushed for 67 yards and two touchdowns and uh, such. And all, but, all, but it's also it's been their defense. I'll talk about the Chargers defense to have you know gotten better at the right time in their three game winning streak. They um they had the best in the NFL in points allowed and yards allowed since week 14. They've held each opponent to 17 points or fewer. So the Chargers defense, you know, they're getting healthy and they're getting hot at the right time. Although Derwin James, you know, uh, you know, got you know kicked out for a vicious hit. Um, I forgot uh, what's the right receiver, uh, who it was, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but the Chargers, I mean, look, don't look now, but the Chargers are actually, you know, they they might they might be a sleeper in that AFC. They're they're getting healthy. Everyone's getting healthy, and uh, the defense is playing better. Yeah, congratulations to the Chargers, as we call them, the St. Diego Chargers of, of Los Angeles on this show, as you mentioned. Mm. First playoff berth in four years. Justin Herbert will finally see a, a, a post a play in a postseason game. I think Brandon Staley has saved, unless they do something uh, ugly in the playoffs, I think he saved his job, the second-year head coach for the Chargers. Uh, uh, congratulations to them. But on the flip side, like, you know, I was thinking about our buddy Christine Manica. Because she was the only one that picked the Colts because of Nick mm. Foles. Nick Foles did not have a good game. Three interceptions. Yeah. And I know uh, Troy and um, Joe Buck on the broadcast, uh, they were talking about bringing Eller in, in for the Colts. Like, he wouldn't have done that much better. That that Colts offense has been uh, atrocious these last few weeks. I know the injury to season in the injury to running back Jonathan Taylor has a lot to do with it. But uh, Nick Foles didn't do anything on Monday. And putting your back on wouldn't have done nothing either. Yeah, I think Foles shows you why that he's uh, Nick Foles, even though despite exactly. the Super Bowl MVP, but uh, a few years back with the Eagles. But yeah, I think he kind of showed you why. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, real quick, I know we're up against it, but you know, JJ Watt from the Cardinals basically kind of announced that he's retiring at the end of the year. So um, one of the only three players to win Defensive Player of the Year three times, you know, Lawrence Taylor and uh, Aaron Donald. The other two, the only he's the only player since the merger with their with multiple receiving. Oh, Touchdown, multiple receiving TD and multiple interceptions return for a TD. You know, mm-hmm. Deion Sanders and JJ Watt. He's a three time defensive player of the year, five time first team all pro, five time pro bowler, uh, two time sack leader, you know, the 2010s all decades team, and of course, you know, 2017 man of the year when he was with the with uh, the Texans. So I uh, said, what do you think? Uh, JJ Watt, first ballot Hall of Famer or no? Uh, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, just with on that resume that you just read. I know uh, through the first half of his career, he was on some of those Houston um, Texans teams that had a chance to go deep in the playoffs, perhaps uh, make a surprise Super Bowl appearance. It didn't happen, but well, the one of the reasons why the Houston Texans were good uh, during his tenure there is, was because of, uh, of that defense. Even during the first couple of years of the Deshaun Watson administration there, uh, they had it all with the offense and the deep, defense was led by Watson. Or well, Watt was a beast when healthy. Uh, I know he, he tried to do the same thing with Arizona, but Father Time catches up to everyone. That's what happened with JJ Watt. So JJ Watt when healthy, when healthy was uh, one of the best uh, defensive players uh, in his era. And uh, uh, I know another player that can claim to that now, who came in a couple of years after him, is Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Rams. So 
so a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, and he will be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, his leadership off the field. Uh, I saw the, uh, that Cliff Kingsbury was asked, like, you know, what he coach. I'm talking about J.J. Watt. He said, well, no, he probably thinks Hollywood. Him and uh, The Rock will probably do a, a buddy uh, action movies for, for a little bit. Yeah, that's basically what he said. So, uh, I mean, look, he could probably do some TV work if he wants to. He probably do. Oh, Hollywood. yeah, he has the personality to do so if he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to do like studio stuff or maybe even like, you know, for college. I mean, he was an All American at uh, Wisconsin. So mm -hmm. I could see him, you know, doing either one of those days. But yeah, uh, congrats on a great career, JJ. Well, we'll talk about that as, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, uh, real quick, your studs and duds sit. I'll, I'll just do, we'll just do like one each. We'll do a stud and a dud. We'll just do one each. Uh, I'll give my stud to head coach uh, Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen did not rush for 100 yards. Yay! <laughs> As I said before, you let Devin Singletary and 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 uh, Cook uh, rush for the majority of those rushing yards. Uh, you'll win some ball game. So I'll give it to the head coach uh, Sean McDermott of Buffalo. Yeah, I also give it to the Chargers to the fact that they've been able to bounce back from all the injuries they've had yeah. earlier in the year, and also the consistencies. Herbert's gotten better. Like I said, that defense gotten better. Uh, Mike Williams, you know, they're, you know, Keenan Allen, they're getting healthy at the right time. Arson mm -hmm. Eckler, you know, has been the consistent. So I'll, I'll give it to the Chargers. Go back to the playoffs for the first time in 2018. I don't look like a fool. Pick the Chargers to be in the playoffs. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and my dud will be the Miami Dolphins. Well, I'll say the division in the AFC is I'll, 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 my dud is the Patriots, <laughs> just for the various reasons that we mentioned. All right, break time, Lakina, two and two as we take this official timeout on a special Wednesday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. We have the college football playoff to talk about, and yours truly will, will give a review of a special program that I watched on NBA TV over the holiday weekend. And plus, we'll have some more uh, surprising nuggets and information for you to close out today's show. I'm Sydney Brown. That's Lakina McGee. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. 
I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to our last segment of the show on a special Wednesday edition of Sega City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can hit me up on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. And you follow me at Keenan again on the Twitter and at Keenan's again on the IG. For all questions or comments during our last 20 minutes or so left in this show for today, you always hit us up in the comment section or on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, before I get to my topic, let's hit up the college football talk right now. I know we'll get into this a little bit more deeper on Friday, but uh, the college football playoff will, will take place on New Year's Day. At three o'clock, New Year's Eve, I should say, at three o'clock on Saturday, we'll have TCU in Michigan doing battle at the uh, Fiesta Ball as one national semifinal, and then the nightcap on New Year's New Year's Eve night at seven o'clock on ESPN. Georgia will host Ohio State in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Lakina, I'll start off with the late game first. Georgia is favored by six and a half. Some people think that Ohio State has a shot to pull off an upset. I think they'll keep it close, but I think Georgia is too much for Ohio State. You go back to Ohio State's loss to Michigan. What was their problem? Turnovers and uh, giving up uh, a big plays. And Georgia is great at doing that, uh, uh, creating big plays and running the football. Yeah, also to the run game for uh, for the for them as well. You know, the run mm-hmm. defense for Ohio State. That's how Michigan was able to get them. You know, in their game in uh, in, in Columbus at the Horseshoe. So. Again, yeah, they do, they have a shot. Of course they do. I mean, look, I'm not going to say that they don't, but, you know, I know some people will say they kind of backed into it with USC losing to Utah in the Pac-12 championship, but I they did. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, it's true, but, uh, yeah, but I'll give them a shot. I mean, you know, that, they, uh, that they're in, so you give them a shot. We'll see how C.J. Stroud does against that, uh, that Georgia defense, but, you know, Sesson Bennett, um, you know, well, we'll see what, what happens there. You know, the running attack has been very solid. 
I know the you know, <clears throat> I'm talking about the running, you know, for the Meon Williams, you know, for uh, the Bucks. I mean, he's kind of been sort of like right there, mm-hmm. but they've got, you know, like I said, Georgia's got a nice little running attack as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting though to see, like, you know, look, they they've been off for five weeks. I'm talking about Ohio State, so we'll see mm-hmm. how if they if that running defense, especially can deal slow down Kenny McIntosh. So it's, it's you know Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, of course, you know, we'll see how that secondary does. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Georgia secondary. So, yeah, this could be one of those games where it's going to be the Peach Bowl. It's going to be in Georgia. So, you're going to have, you think there's going to be people up two thirds Georgia fans. You oh, know, yeah. You know, Ohio yeah. State, they don't fans travel well, well, too. But you got to think, you got to think at least 60% will probably be Georgia fans, no doubt. So, it's going to be in Atlanta. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's a, we'll get more in depth into it, but on Friday, but yeah, this should be, this should, it might, this might actually be pretty entertaining, probably even more entertaining than folks will give them credit for. Yeah, I think it'll be the best game of the day out, out, out of the two semifinal games. But like you said, Ohio State, they'll, they'll, they'll do it, but like I said, we'll get more in depth into it on Friday. But I do give them an outside shot to keep it close. I, I'll just say that. But uh, the first national semifinal game will take place on New Year's Eve at three o'clock in the Fiesta Bowl. Number three, Michigan. Uh, number two, Michigan will host number three, TCU. Of course, TCU backed in more so than Ohio State did with uh, USC losing. But uh, Michigan's favored by seven and a half. Lakina uh, for Michigan is all about running the football mm-hmm. and and, not, and their quarterback not making mistakes for TCU. I I. Maybe it's just me, but from an outsider's perspective, they're gonna have to play almost a damn near perfect game just to hang in with Michigan. And they haven't played a lot of perfect games. You could probably say they probably exactly. could have had like two, and they probably probably could have and should have lost to uh case they have not been for Max Stroud. I think the defense mm-hmm. for Michigan, I think they've they actually been kind of like the unsung heroes this year. I think a lot of people, you know, the Michigan's, you know, Michigan's defense got better and better as the season went on. And they've had four four weeks off, you know, themselves. So they're gonna be you know, be healed up and ready, and that's done. That you know, Jim Harbaugh have his guys ready. I know they're gonna be going for uh, Max Duggan, so we'll see how they you know how they do. JJ McCarthy, he can't make any mistakes, and he hasn't really done made a lot. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Donovan Edwards, of course, you know Blake Corum's out. I think he'll mm-hmm. definitely be the key, and you know because you know the TCU's run defense isn't very good, so they might expose that. Now again, if you're dug in, I mean, again, we'll see how Michigan safety, Michigan uh, secondary looks, you know, as especially mm-hmm. now that they've been off for about four or five weeks. But look, this will be one of those games where I think they'll, I think TC will keep it close. I think they will, but I think look, and we all know that Michigan, how great Michigan State, uh, Michigan, I should say, does you know play in the second half. So this might be you know one of those games where they might pull away late. So, but we'll see. It should be, it should be interesting one nonetheless. Yeah, you should mention Mr. <clears throat> Empress for Michigan. He had a great game filling in for Blake Quorum uh, in, uh, against Ohio State uh, about a month ago, and that's one of the reasons why Michigan uh, is in the college football playoff right now. Our buddy Lamont Scott checked in via Facebook said that Michigan should destroy TCU. I think most of the country would be uh, with you, Lamont, as far as that prediction is concerned. But uh, stranger things have happened every once in a while. We'll see what happens uh, with those two games. Like Lakina, you mentioned, we'll get more in depth into those uh, matchups coming up on our show on Friday, which is two days from now. You're listening to Second City Sports, special Wednesday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in living color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, before we move on, I know there's a few other uh, bowl games that are taking place today and for the next uh, couple of days uh, coming up besides the national championship. Uh, I want to get your prediction on tonight's game, which will be, which will be seen on Fox if I can find it here. I think it's Oregon versus North Carolina, the Tar Heels. 
And that's the San, that's the uh, the Holiday Bowl, the San Diego Credit yeah. Union Holiday Bowl. You know, that should be a fun one. I think. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, North Carolina kind of struggled mm-hmm. the other last few weeks. I know Oregon. I know they're smarted because they felt like they had a shot to perhaps maybe sneak into the. Uh, college football mm-hmm. playoffs so I, I think if you're uh and Bo Nix will be coming back so i think that definitely gives you a lot of incentive you mm-hmm. know drake may i know that though he some people might say he might be you know have his mind somewhere else you know think about the nfl but i, I think mm-hmm. this should be i i mean oregon's here by 13 so i i guess vegas must know something that you know most of us don't but yeah i'll be yeah. watching <laughs> this game but uh yeah it should be an interesting one uh there oh in in that on that front for uh, that in the holiday bowl. I mean, the holiday bowl is always, you know, entertaining. So uh, this shouldn't, you know, this really shouldn't be too, you know, be any different. Now, a couple of other, other games, uh, Texas tech and uh, Ole Miss in the Texas bowl. Um, this should be, <clears throat> excuse me, this should be an interesting uh, game as well, you know, with the, with the previews and such. Um, I know they just uh, extended uh, Joey McGuire, uh, to a new extension. He's done a great job with that Texas Tech program, uh, kind of building them back up. But Ole Miss, uh, of course, you know, Lane Kiffin. I mean, we'll see some of his guys. You know, Jackson Dart. I mean, that'll be interesting uh, too. Yeah, this should this should be a fun one. Um, you know that that you know this will be an interesting game. I mean, look, like both teams are kind of like sort of like right there. So this should be an interesting uh, bowl game too. Yeah, looking at Thursday's schedule tomorrow. Uh, Syracuse versus Minnesota in the pinstripe bowl. My guy Tanner Morgan, <laughs> see if you can finish the year on a high note. Let's go. Of course, Syracuse was one of the top, uh, uh, they were a top 25 team uh, at the start of the year. Of course, they lost to Clemson. And after that, it just went uh, went downhill for the Orangemen. I know they are seven and five. Minnesota, uh, they struggled in the middle part of the season. They finished strong with an eight and four record. Minnesota's favored by 10 and a half. I expect Minnesota to win. Yeah, that's in the pinstripe bowl. That's at mm-hmm. noon tomorrow. So uh, that should be a fun one uh, there. Probably one of my favorites. Uh, you got you know two historic programs playing each other at a pretty early, I guess, by their their fans' uh, standards. The Cheez-It Bowl, it'll be Oklahoma and Florida State. Oklahoma didn't have the best middle of the season, but they finished strong the last few games. Florida State's been kind of been on a roll lately. You know, you know Dylan Gabriel and uh, Jordan Travis. I mean, yeah, they, Jordan Travis will probably be one of the favorites for next year's Heisman. Uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel, he's getting better as well. So yeah, this could be a very interesting uh, matchup between two historic programs. Yeah, this is going to be a surprisingly high-scoring game. As you mentioned, Oklahoma didn't ha- <clears throat> they finished strong at six and six, but uh, coming out of that Big Twelve conference, they can uh, put up some points. Let's see what Florida State could do to neutralize that. Should be interesting there, and, uh, and a good one here uh, tomorrow night in the Alamo Bowl, the Valero Alamo Bowl. At uh, tomorrow night at eight, you got Texas and Washington. Both teams are kind of like on the up and up there. Uh, Quinn yours for uh for uh Texas and uh, Michael Penix Jr., who will also be back next year for Washington. You know, both had great seasons, so this should be this should be a very fun matchup. This is the first time these two have played each other in a, a bowl game, so these two teams, you know, this should be an interesting one, though, uh, interesting one, a matchup here, nonetheless. So, gonna be looking forward to this game tomorrow. Yeah, and let's go to Friday's schedule. Uh, Maryland versus uh, number 23 NC State in the Duke's uh, Mayo Bowl. Go figure that. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, someone's getting dumped by Mayo. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, both coaches, I don't think they're going to want to be dumped by Mayo, or maybe they no. will. I don't know. We saw that We saw that last year with uh, <laughs> with Shane Beaver and then South Carolina. We'll get to them in a second. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Mayo, yeah, that, that's going to be tough to come out. But, yeah. Of course, 
Yeah, all ACC rivals uh, battling each other. You know, Tua's. Remember uh, Tua's little Tua, uh, Tua's kid brother, of course. Uh, uh, Tula, Tula, Tulia. Uh, he plays for Maryland. You know, has say that five times season. fast. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, a tough one. Uh, Devin Leary <laughs> has had a, a good season for, of course, NC State. You thought they would be up there for uh, the ACC, but they had a couple of uh, role suddenly blocks. Maryland, we also played, you know, played pretty well too. Consistently, mm-hmm. just lost to some of the big teams like you know Ohio State, Michigan. But uh, yeah, still a uh, solid season by Mike, Mike Loxie in the that the turf program. But this should be a fun game in the Duke's Mail Bowl, like it usually is. <laughs> <laughs> and check this out in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> Pittsburgh will uh, will play number yeah, eighteen UCLA. UCLA. Uh, that should be a fun one. You see, UCLA is favored by five and a half. In the Gator Bowl, South Carolina will play Notre Dame. Both teams are eight and four. Notre Dame is only favored by two. Find that to be interesting. Yeah, I know Marcus Freeman's yeah. crew finished up the year strong, but uh, only favored by two points. It tells me something that the Vegas scene says South Carolina has a small shot. Well, remember, remember too, uh, Notre Dame's without their, their top uh, tight end. He remember, remember we said we talked about it a few weeks back. He's, he's sending out because you know he's going to be uh, going to the NFL draft. So. This should be look, you know, look, South Carolina, look, they they beat Clemson. They had a nice last couple of weeks. I know Shane Beaver's guys want to finish strong, but I'm sure so is Notre Dame. So this should be this should be a fun one. That's probably this is probably a, a, a pick'em game. But yeah, this should be a fun one in the Gator Bowl on Friday. Yeah, of course, wrapping up the Friday schedule, 3 30 uh PM. Uh, it says it's on bar stool. We'll see about that. Uh the Arizona yeah. Bowl. We have 75 Wyoming playing the uh 94 Ohio. Um, the, the I don't know, uh, be honest with you, Lakeen, I don't know too much about the these teams, so maybe you can give us some insight there. Well, and a little course, bit, go ahead. Well, yeah, a little bit here about the I guess you know, the Wyoming uh Cowboys. I mean, they're they've had a very solid you know, last couple. This is like the third straight bowl, well, actually, the third of their last four bowl games, so they've done a really you know, good job with the program. Ohio, this is Frank Solis' last game, he's retiring at the end of, at the, end of the season, so mm-hmm. they may want to send him out on a high note, so this should be a fun one. Now the Orange Bowl, it's gonna be first the New Year's uh, New Year's Six Bowls. Oh, the Orange Bowl, Capital mm-hmm. One. Lots of orange here. You got uh, Tennessee and the Clemson. This should probably be uh, a good one. Lots of orange here with uh, in this game. Yes. Of course, you know, Jalen <laughs> Hyatt. Well, Jalen Hyatt is sitting out, so that could you know Tennessee. Of course, Hendon Hooker is gone for the year, so this could mm-hmm. be a chance for the for Clemson to kind of finish strong. And DJ Ogolonie, of course, you know he's transfer at the end of the year, so I'm I'm just gonna see how. Uh, how Clemson looks, hoping to yeah, finish Clems- strong. Yeah, Clemson's favored by four and a half. I want to see what Tennessee does offensively. Can they get creative? Like, as you mentioned, Mr. Hooker's gone for the year with the injury. Of course, that team is upset that they didn't uh, go into the college football playoff after playing strong for most of the year after before getting beat down by Georgia in Georgia. But uh, I think Cle- Clemson, Dabble Sweeney will have his guys motivated. I think uh, Clemson not only covered, I think they'll beat Tennessee by at least 10 to 15 points. That's just my prediction. Well, yeah, especially with them being shorthand. I'm talking about Tennessee, of course. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, Hooker's uh, you know gone for the year. Hyatt's sitting out, so yeah, that should be a fun. That should be still be a fun match with like a lot of orange there. So yeah, so those are your picks. Those are your uh, preview of some of your bowl games for the next couple of days. You listen, I can see sports on Sports Social Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. Uh, Want to talk some college hoops for a few minutes before we uh, mm-hmm. you know go into uh, your your little your your uh, show here. Uh, said, uh, conference play starts tonight for some of these uh, teams. Uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss, uh, that's going to be a you know, 4 o'clock on SEC Network. Don't ask me why it's so early, but 
uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, Villanova and UConn. Oh, the old Big East is back together again. That's going to be on FS1. Jason Benetti will have the call for that one. Kentucky against Missouri, as we call the fighting Mike Bermans here on this program. Uh, mm-hmm. Six o'clock on SEC Network, Florida. Yeah, Missouri's and- 11 and 1, so yes, I'm sure they, yeah. if they upset Kentucky, they'll probably get a ranking. They could probably, yeah, they could probably get it in eventually if they do be Kentucky. That should be a, a good one here on SEC Network. Definitely we'll be checking that game out. Uh, Florida and Auburn at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Two, uh, let me see here. Uh, UIC and Illinois State, uh, a little like in state battle there. Uh, Houston and Tulsa at six on ESPNU and uh, eight at eight o'clock. I should say that uh, Tulsa Houston game that's the first game for the mm-hmm. American Conference for them. Uh, Alabama at number 21, Mississippi State. That should be a fun one at eight, eight o'clock on ST Network. Uh, Arkansas and LSU on ESPN2. That should be a good one. Xavier, number 22, Xavier and uh, St. John's at eight on FS1. Uh, Colorado State and uh, New Mexico, number 22, New Mexico, with uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. Uh, and also to Rick, Richard Bertino at the helm. So that should be uh, we get no Lakina. Jamal Mashburn has a son in college, Ooh. yeah. I know, make sure, yeah, it doesn't make it make us feel old. Uh, I know, but <laughs> yeah, but look, they're number 22. I'm talking about uh, uh, New Mexico, you know, they're 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 12 and 0 right now, and uh. It's going to be a battle between them and uh, San Diego State and, you know, and, and UNLV. They only have one loss, too. Uh, I remember those old, like, whack, you know, games back in the day when New Mexico, UNLV, Wyoming, yeah. BYU, whatever that, whatever that conference. I remember seeing them watching for a few of those games on the weekday. Uh, I know my mom already knows that, so I'm not. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> San Diego State, they face their, their host, uh, Air Force, uh, UNLV, uh, on the road face San Jose State. Um but yeah, also uh, Xavier and St. John's, like, like I said. So uh, conference play starting uh, this week for some of these teams. Yeah, and we'll get into more of the weekend schedule on our show on Friday. We'll see how Illinois perform. Well, we'll, we'll do Northwestern. Chris Collins hanging on for dear life. They usually get off to decent starts when it comes to conference play. They usually fade. Uh, we'll see some other local teams can do so. You mentioned URC. Shout out to our guy Jay who who calls the games for the Flames. He does a uh, a great job uh, for them. And w- I want to see how our local teams do. It, you think someone will step out besides to find the Illini? Yeah, the Illini. They play uh, Bethune Cookman uh, tomorrow on FS1. And I saw DePaul has a game. Yeah, FS2. They uh, they host Georgetown. Um, that, yeah, they're they're unranked. Oh, Patrick with, Ewing and crew. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Illinois is unranked with their uh, their uh, some of their bad losses they've had lately. So uh, unfortunately for. For that as well, but yeah, like, like I said, some of these some schools are finishing up their non-conference play while some schools mm-hmm. are starting conference play. Michigan uh, faces Central Michigan. Nebraska hosts Iowa. For, you know, first here uh, Big Ten play for them. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for Thursday. I mean, uh, Northwestern they face uh, Brown. Uh, Battle of smart schools, I guess. That's at noon on <laughs> BTN tomorrow. Ohio State. Uh, Post Alabama AM at two o'clock. Uh Purdue, number one, uh Purdue, I should say they face Florida AM. That's gonna be also on the Big Ten network. So yeah, so some interesting games uh coming up in these next few days. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports, a special Wednesday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color. I'm Sid that's Lakina. Lakina, let's wrap up today's show on a high note, or perhaps maybe a possible debate. Also, uh, of course, all these networks, I don't care if it's sports, non-sports, had their uh, marathons going on for TV shows, movies, and et cetera. I decided to check out NBA TV, and they had this program called Ready or Not, the 1996 NBA Draft. 
Of course, a few years uh -huh. ago, they did uh, a, a special tribute show to the 84 draft. Of course, they featured Hakeem Olajuwon, Sam Bowie, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. John Stockton was in that draft, and among others. But uh, they did a special with the 96 NBA draft. And, and some people say that this may be the best draft class ever. Of course, reading all some of these names, you know why. Allen Iverson, Marcus Camby, Stephon Marbury, Ray Allen, Chicago's mm -hmm. own Antoine Walker. And, and, of course, all those guys had very good careers. Of course, the late great Kobe Bryant, who was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, traded to the Los Angeles Lakers on draft night for Vlade Divac. Of course, the uh, trading Vlade Divac uh, made room for the Lakers to get free agent center Shaquille O'Neal a couple of weeks later. And so that's how that uh, move came about. But they had some pretty interesting stories, Lakina, regarding Jermaine O'Neal. He was also mm -hmm. in that draft. He was drafted out of high school by the Portland Trail Blazers. Tony Duck was in that draft, of course. Hall of Famer Steve Nash was in that draft. A young stud from Greece uh, named Peja Stojakovic was drafted by the Sacramento Kings. And, of course, Eric Dampier was in that draft. But remember this player? If you really watched college basketball in the mid-'90s, you remember this name. And he got drafted number 18 to his hometown team out of Syracuse, Mr. John Wallace. Yeah, I remember that. Uh Right, fresh off of uh, Syracuse going to the Final Four. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, that whole class, that 96 class has actually been, you know, got a lot of Hall of Famers in that class. And, and look, I, I think, you know, you probably said there were some cases where that, you know, some guys had better uh, had better careers than others. Like you said, you mentioned some of the ones that, uh, that you know, now are now Hall of Famers or are about to be Hall of Famers. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's probably, like, look, this, this draft class, I mean, of course, look, I mean – you know, Sharif Abdul Rahim, I think he's coaching somewhere now, I believe. I think he, I think I know I think he was coaching. Was he coaching like uh the big three at one point? Uh I know he's coaching he's coaching yeah. somewhere. He had a, a he had a very good playing career. I think he was on that last Sacramento Kings playoff team in 06. I gotta look that up, but he might, uh, he unfortunately, might have been. He, yeah, but unfortunately, he was on some bad teams in the majority of his career. But he, uh, Sharif gave you 22, 25 points a game, and right. uh, he was very good. But unfortunately, he was on, he was on some bad teams through the majority of his career. Other um, uh, unsung heroes from that draft, remember Derek Fisher? Not mm -hmm. from Arkansas, but from Arkansas, Little Rock. Uh, mm -hmm. He was drafted by the Lakers. Great scouting by uh, Jerry West back then. Also, other notable players from that draft, Travis Knight who turned out to be a bust. But uh, Jeff McGinnis, he turned out to be a backup, good backup point guard for the Clippers and some mm -hmm. of the other teams. Remember this pick in the second round, Lakina? Uh, the Charlotte Hornets picked him up, but when he went to this next team, he helped them win uh, two championships. I'm talking about Malik Rose. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember, I remember he was at Drexel, too. I think they went, to, uh -huh. they went to the tournament a couple of times when he was there. And, I, you know, it, it's sort of one of those, uh, like I said, one of those, like, really solid, like, you know, things. I mean... Yeah, I think I wonder what he's up to now. I, I I'm wondering uh, because I like I, I think he might who no he might be coaching somewhere knowing him, but uh, it, it, it's sort of one of those things where you're you're kind of like okay, yeah, you sort of like you wonder what happened to some of these guys. He mm -hmm. had yeah, he, he was all he was a very good utility utility player, and I, and I think he kind of yeah. once he kind of found his niche. I think he's coaching in the G League now, I believe. So you know, I think he was definitely like one of those you know basketball minds and such. And when you talk to him. He's just so he's very smart. So I think that's probably I'm sure he's you know, mm -hmm. I know he's been coached. I know he's I know he's coaching the G League, I believe, now. So uh remember I, they, they showed us on the G League again. I, I thought I saw him on I think he's coaching the G League, but uh yeah, really solid uh utility guy too. So yeah, he ended up having a, a solid career. 
as well with him. But yeah, I think overall that 96 squad, yeah, Travis Knight, I remember, you know, he played <laughs> from UConn, he played for the Bulls uh, for yeah. a bit. And uh, I mean, you know, Jerome Williams didn't really have his, didn't have a best great career either. He went to, you know, of course he you know, came from Georgetown, was really one of the Yeah, last, the junkyard you know, dog, yep. <laughs> yeah, was one of the, him and Iris, so they were kind of like, one, he was actually one of the, they were actually part of one of the last, you know, great teams at Georgetown under John Thompson. So yep. uh, that kind of, you know, sort of like, you know, the you know, career there, of course. Roy Rogers, I remember that name from Alabama. I mean, that that yeah. he didn't really have a great career either. No, uh, he did. Dante Jones, you know, again, Mississippi State, I remember that name. Walter McCarthy, he actually ended up being a better coach. I know he's coaching so I know he's coaching. I think he's I think he's coaching in college now, I believe. Uh yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I forgot where you know, yeah, because he was on that I team. Forgot. I forgot what team, but he beat Kentucky a couple years ago. Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, uh yeah. Oh crap, I forgot darn it. I forgot yeah. that. That team, mm-hmm. but yeah, John Walls, I believe. I think he's. Uh, I wonder what, he, what he's doing, but yeah, you know, Syracuse. I remember that 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 team. Of course, they went to the Final Four just a few months before. Jermaine O'Neal, of course. You know, no, he's. I know, he, I know he has a podcast now. I'm talking about o- O'Neal. He has his own podcast now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tony Duck. I know he's coaching somewhere. Of course, Steve Nash, Paige mm-hmm. Young, of course. I know he's a front office guy somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Anderson, oh, who, who yeah. got picked oh. by the Utah Jazz, of yes. course. He guarded Michael Jordan when Brian Russell didn't mm-hmm. uh, during those uh, series back in 97, mm-hmm. 98. Yeah, uh, he had a, a very good career. Uh, real quickly, Ken, I know we up against the button. Notable undrafted players uh, that came out of that class. Chucky Atkins had a nice yes. career. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, Adrian Griffin, now assistant coach, of course, yep. he played had with the Bulls in the early 2000s. Darvin Ham. His son's doing pretty well, too. Yeah. Uh, Darvin Ham, now yes. head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And, of course, Rusty LaRue. He didn't do too yeah. much, but he was part of that 98 team for the Bulls that, yep. uh, that beat the, the Jazz in that game. last dance season. And, of right. course, Ben Wallace, who's now in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame for Virginia Union. And yeah. remember, uh, he was part of history uh, during the uh, 97 preseason, the prior to the 97-98 season, remember? Yep. In that preseason game, it was the Wizards yep. and the Lakers in Las Vegas. Go look it up on YouTube. Kobe Bryant just got his afro uh, yep. for that. And remember, that was the second year in the league. They both came out of that Kobe, same yep. draft class. Yes. He dunked over Ben Wallace. Uh, it, it was a it was a nasty dunk. Go look it right. up on YouTube. Yeah, Woo! it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. Zadrugas El Elgaskis. Remember that? Yeah, he had a pretty long good career. The last half of it, thanks to LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, they won a championship. Of course, with LeBron in Cleveland a few years, some years. Later, probably on the tail mm-hmm. of his career, obviously. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, you probably said that they probably, it, yeah, I know some people will say 84 had a good, uh, mm-hmm. I'd be inclined to say, you probably said the more recent ones. I think that I think someone said the 04 uh, draft had a good draft. But yeah, you can definitely think that 96 is definitely the team picture, probably one of the best ev- ever. Yeah, and our guy Lamont Scott checks in from Facebook. Jermaine O'Neal's daughter is a, a star volleyball player for South Carolina. Okay. And our buddy so Brandon, nice to yeah. hear there. And yeah, what's up to our guy Brandon Schutz uh, from YouTube? You're you were talking, talking about you were Chicago talking about Bulls, the, your yeah, Bulls yeah, roster, that, that yeah, yeah, with the uh, yep. You uh, like you said, uh, real Brandon. quick, Lakina, the old don't forget about the old three class of the NBA. Right. Of course, that having LeBron and Melo, Chris Bosch, mm-hmm. Kurt Heinrich, and, and others in that draft. So that draft class of now uh, they're in that team picture as well. So I wanted to say that. Um, uh, I watched that program. It was very interesting. Remember that iconic picture from Slam Magazine? It had yes, everyone involved. Now all the guys, on, yep. 
Yep. Except for Iverson. Iverson said on camera, someone forgot to tell me to go to that photo shoot. He was the oh, only one yeah. not in there. Yeah, yeah, this, apparently. And that was his excuse that no one, uh, that, that he didn't get the memo of, you know, he had right. to go for that picture. I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, granted, this was before cell phones were, like, were, were big. It had, like, pagers and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, like, you saw uh, Steph, you saw Cody, uh, you saw Steve Nash, you know, with the, the, the hairstyle, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Some of the other guys that were on there. Uh, Let's not forget, uh, one more name before we close out, Kerry Kittles. Remember, yeah, uh, oh, it Kittles, was rumor yeah. has it that that Kobe Bryant was supposed to be drafted by the Nets, and rumor had it at the time. You know the story. If Kobe's Bryant, Bryant's people said if he was drafted by the Nets, he, he was going to sit out and not, and not play. Of course, uh, the Nets were scared. I remember that was the first year that John Calipari uh, took over. Yep. Uh, the, the Nets, not just head yep. coach, but basketball yep. operations as well. They selected Kerry Kills. Kerry Kills went on to have a nice career. Yeah, he did. I think he's. I think I believe he's. Co I think he's also coaching somewhere too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting though to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, the '96, like you said, the O, uh, the O three. Uh, you probably saw someone said seven, you know, NBA class. And if you want to go like recent, recent years, mm -hmm. but like I said, '84. I know people say that's probably the best one. I know some people would say, but uh, yeah, I think '96 is definitely gonna be the team picture. Picture is probably one if you want to go consistent with every with how a lot of the players did. So if you really want to uh, do that use that formula. Sure, you probably say 96 probably has like definitely the top two or three is probably the best NBA class of all time. Draft class, I should, when it comes to draft class, I should say. Yeah, and one more class to throw in before we close out uh, the 92 draft class. Of course, Shaquille O'Neal, Christian Lehner, Lonzo Mourning, LaFonso Ellis, they were in that so, draft. Doing television now for ESPN. has been doing it for yep. years. Uh, I mean, hmm, 92. Uh... Of course, we know we know Alonzo. Of course, Shaq. Mm -hmm. um, Leonard didn't. Leonard was kind of was a bust. Uh, you know, he went to a couple. Yeah, of even though games. he did play in the league for a decade, but he he failed to live up. To, even though he was an All Star earlier in his career when yeah. he got traded to Atlanta, but he yeah. didn't really live up to the height that most people expected. Most people expected him to be a superstar, and, and he wasn't. But he he lasted in the league for a little bit over a decade. Yeah, he played for yeah, he played for like, like eleven years. Of course, Jim Jackson had a solid career. Of course, he's also mm -hmm. doing uh, television as well. Uh, Doug Christie is another name you remember. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, got some headlines for not not basketball reasons. We'll leave that alone. Uh, yeah, now assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> yes, yes. Right, here, there's irony for you. Uh, mm, you know, yeah. I mean, ninety two. I mean. I, I guess. I mean, you could probably, yeah, I mean, you could probably say that 92 probably would be up there as well mm -hmm. when it comes to like, you know, Harold Minor. A lot of people call him Baby Jordan. Uh, yeah. Harold, uh, you know, Robert Ori, another good one. Of course, it, you know, Big Shot Bob, as they call him, went up win like seven yeah. like championships. Uh, Tom Guliaga, remember that name, Sid from uh, St. Yeah, John. he wasn't a bad player, but after he got out of Minnesota, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, they're not not so well. Well, well, see, so he uh, went to Minnesota from Washington. He started out nice with Washington, but he got with Minnesota with Garnett and Stephon. And they were growing. He, was, I thought he was actually a good fit, but you know, injury slowed him down. He continued to play the next couple of years, but I thought his best fit he was with Minnesota as that team was rising at the time. Todd Day, of course, you know, out of Arkansas, but yeah, you know, you know Todd had an okay career with the Bucks, but you know, you can kind of tell that he really his career did take off. Clarence Witherspoon, of course, you know, played with the Sixers for a little bit. 
with Chuck at the tail end of his career before he left. Right. That, that, that's what, after they traded Barkley, he was, he yeah. was uh, that guy to fill in his spot. Yep. 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 Uh, of course, the late great Malik Seeley, of course, you know, with the Pacers, yeah. I think uh, with the Knicks as well before, you know, his uh, tragic passing. Uh, Tracy Murray from UCLA. Uh, I think he's coaching somewhere too. Uh, Don McLean, I think he's been doing television for a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, Eminem, as they call them down there, over there at uh, UCLA. Uh, John Barry, remember that name, Sid? Yeah. <laughs> now doing television, of course. Uh, Oliver Miller, uh, Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, uh, that's right. That. Yeah. He be, I think he became the first player to be voted into the All Star game with his name not on the ballot. That was in 94. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Lee Mayberry. Yeah, there's a there's a name I haven't heard. Yeah. Of. I wonder what he's up to. Hubert Davis, of course, now coaching. Uh, had a great career with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, now coaching uh, in North Carolina as alma mater. Oh, and Elmore Spencer. Remember that name, Sid? Ooh, <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot about that name. Seriously, I'm not on Google, folks. So you know, as Lakina reading all these names, I'm first memory is shooting in my brain. <laughs> You know, Brian Stith, uh, Anthony Peeler. Uh, I liked it. Him and Nick Van Exel were the team. And that was yeah. before they got Shaq and Kobe. Oh, that, that was an exciting team to watch the Lake Show at the time. It was him, Nick Van Exel, Cedric Sabalos, Eldon Campbell. They actually had a solid Teddy uh, Jones. Roster. That was not they a actually, bad squad. They actually had a solid roster, of course. Yes, they did. From, you know, Magic and Byron mm-hmm. Scott and AC Green and the rest of that group. When they mm-hmm. all retired or they all you know got traded or whatever. So yeah, so a solid show. I mean, I was yeah, 92. I could you probably say it's right up there. I probably I would say though like the, I would say I probably put like maybe in the top, maybe five or five or seven, mm-hmm. maybe if you want to put yeah. that but yeah, I could get that's that. about fair. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll probably have this discussion again, but yeah, this is a good discussion to, you know, to round out the show. But uh all right, close us out. Uh with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Download our podcast at War All Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll be back in two days. That's right, folks. Two days, which means this Friday for our last show for the year 2022, we'll have a surprise guest or two along the way. We'll have some fun. We'll give you our week 17 NFL picks. We'll discuss the Bulls in their game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see how that goes. And then we'll have some fun wrapping up uh Putting a, a, a good bow on our last show on Friday for the year 2022. Absolutely. And of course, you know, and of course, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll preview everything else, you know, that's going to be going on right now. So enjoy all the, you know, the basketball, mm-hmm. the bowl games, the college hoops. I know a lot of the soccer, you know, they're back at it as well. So enjoy all that. And uh, for Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Second City Sports on a special Wednesday edition of Sports of Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Till then, go Bulls. Holla!